Hi, hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Better Convo. Um, my name is Yomi Omogoja um, from Athletics Africa. So, our guest tonight is uh, Ghania Jumper Nadia Ake. She's the Director of Community Engagement at Special Olympics Florida. She's also the Ghana record holder in women's triple jump. Uh, so, we'll bring her up now, and she'll be able to tell you today more about herself, what she's been up to since the COVID-19 lockdown started, and what her future plans are, both in athletics and outside the sport. So, Nadia, you're welcome to Better Convo. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, L in the morning in um, where you base, so... Um, it's not easy getting up early for this show. So thank you for being part of the show. Um, so people want to know in Africa, who is Nadia AK? <laughs> who is Nadia AK? So first of all, I'm going to shut it down right now. Everyone's always like, your name's Nigerian, but you compete for Ghana. What's up with that? What's going on with that? But anyway, Nadia AK is a Ghanaian Nigerian woman born and raised in Ghana. And I mean, I, I am an athlete for Ghana and love everything sports, love everything um, development in sports. And that's been my passion ever since I was young. I went to Columbia University for um, university and I studied social psychology there. And now I am training in the US towards 2021 Olympics now. Um, and that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I'm hoping you ask me some more interesting questions so I can get into a little bit of who I am as well. Well, okay, so th thanks for the intro. And I guess a lot of people in Africa know a bit about you. Um, I know you've been on the scene for a while. You, you've been uh, in a lot of Africa championship, Commonwealth Games and all that. So we'll talk about that. So we'd like to just talk about pres and present, you know, so this is a whole 2020 season has been completely written off, mm -hmm. you know, and I know some athletes have started running this weekend, but for most athletes, um, a lot of the competition they're planning for this year has been put off. So how have you been coping and how have you coped so far with the lockdown? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, the one thing that has been um, persistent in the fact is that this is a situation that everyone is going through. So not just athletes, but everyone is experiencing the same thing. So it kind of gives me a little bit of humility and gratefulness for the fact that one, I'm healthy and I'm alive. <laughs> and two, really putting things into perspective and understanding that although I wanted to compete this year, although I wanted to go to Tokyo this year, there's more that's important at this moment, at this current time. And it's really, about putting the focus on that and putting the emphasis on that. So I think that's really shaped the way I'm, I'm approaching this year. And I've just been very grateful and relaxed as far as, you know, just waiting and patient for next year to start. But really it's, it's, just, it's just been really trying to put everything into perspective and focus on what's more important, which is my health and my safety right now. Yeah, so, I mean, that's paramount, you know, because without being healthy, uh, you know, you can actually do the sport. But then, um, have you had any, you know, help or assistance from the Ghana Olympic Committee or the Ghana Athletics Federation so far? Has there been contacts with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, they've, as far as on the health side, they've been advising us and, you know, providing advisory on what we need to do for the next step forward. And fortunately for the I, the athletes who are I, on IOC scholarship, and I don't know if you know about this, but yes. um, the it has been rolled over until next year. So we're still getting that funding that we're getting throughout um, 2021. So as far as the support, I mean, that's the support that we've got. We're, we, those who are on the IOC scholarship are continuing to get our scholarship through 2021. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, everything remains the same. So are you on that scholarship? Are yes. Are getting the funds as well? Yes. Okay. So it's been rolled over for another year for you? It's been rolled over for another year, luckily, yeah. Okay. But also you work, right? So you're director of community engagement at Special Olympics Florida. So is mm -hmm. that full-time work or is it part-time? Yeah, it's full time, um, and that's what I do outside of the sport. Ah, uh, okay. So now um, I know you finished school mm -hmm. and you're working full time, but you're still competing as well. So mm -hmm. do you have? Are you? Do you have a professional contract? No, I don't. I actually don't. And I think I think the the. I mean, I don't know how much you know about this track and field world. But I'm not in an event that everyone wants to watch and everyone wants to put money into. And I think also in this day and age, there's a shift in what's happening in track and field. And so there's not really a lot of money out there in the sport. And if you think about it in terms of both had most of the money in the sport anyway, and now he's gone. So I think there's been a shift in people having contracts anyway. And the contracts that are out there are not sustainable enough for athletes to live off of that, at least in track and field, I think. Oh, wow. I guess that's the reality of a lot of the athletes, especially yeah. from developing countries like Africa. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. even in the U.S. I, I mean, you look at the U.S. athletes and it's, I would say, only a top 10% of people who are actually competing get sponsorship. There's a whole bunch of people who are talented, um, are able to hit the qualifying mark, but they're not getting the same exposure and the same, you know, contracts as so so to speak so it's i mean it's the same across the board and i think it's more of a problem or a reflection of the sport not so much the location and the athletes yeah and you know f track and field naturally is not in africa it's not a money spinner you know like football or rugby or other sports right but then and also attracting corporate companies in africa to support track and field has been a difficult situation right. even for the Confederation of Africa Athletics. So, but how do you, um, how do you, um, are you preparing for Tokyo, for instance? Do you have Ghanaian companies that are interested in you being their ambassador or, you know, modeling for their product or, no, you know, no, in any not. role at home? No, I mean, as far as training, training, um, on the training side, I'm doing what I can. I have a coach. I have all those things that I need to do. Um, I have physical therapy and everything like that. But as far as on the sponsorship side, I think there's so much opportunity for brands, um, but they're not really, they're seeing athletes in a very limited way. And so for me, when a brand looks at me, they're just looking at, oh, she's a triple jumper or, you know, she's a triple jumper from Ghana and that's it but they're not looking at me as the whole individual. What can I actually bring to your table? I graduated from an Ivy League university, one of the top universities in the world. I have sense, I can do other things for your company. I have so much that I could bring to the forefront of your company, but a lot of times, unfortunately, companies don't see that in athletes and then it's 
on the reverse side, athletes don't see that in themselves. So it's difficult for athletes to even position themselves in a way to make, an, uh, to make a decision to even gain an opportunity to have some sort of sponsorship, you know, with a corporate entity. But I think on the continent, I, I think they're missing, we're missing out a lot on the talent that's out there that, you know, the opportunities that we can gain, the exposure that we can gain from athletes. And it's just, it's just non-existent right now. I mean, because I'm looking at it this way that naturally, track no, not track and field, but athletes are natural ambassadors, right? Mm -hmm. So, because they, you know, they're visible and a lot of people watch them. But right. in Africa, a lot of that is just entertainment and, you know, movies. Right. For instance, in Ghana, if you put a billboard of one of the athletes that won medals for the country, yeah. almost no one would recognize mm -hmm. them, right? But if you put the Ghana Wood athletes, um, assist or yeah. the Shatawales, the, yeah. you know, the Nollywood, you know, everybody knows them. Right. So, and, th and that's a problem. And that's the problem. And I think also another thing that I noticed is that you would think that the entertainers in the country would kind of want to partner with, you know, professional athletes on, the, on that scale because the Olympics is coming up. You know, why not do something in collaboration to also expand your brand, but also to work together with the athletes? And you would think that that would be the case a lot of the time, but it's not like that in Ghana. In America, if you're a top athlete, you know all the entertainers. You know, Serena Williams was in Beyonce's video. You know what I mean? But in Ghana, it's 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 very different in terms, of, and it's the same in, in the continent. And I think is that the problem is that there's a lack of um, understanding of the opportunity here yeah. and how it can really build your brand. And I think we're we have a very limited view of what we think. So you see the Olympics, and I mean, the opening ceremony alone is the most watched event in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? What is it to say to have I partner with this athlete who's in the opening ceremony, who's bearing the flag, you know what I mean? And so there's just so much opportunity, but I think there's a lack of, um, there's a lack of knowledge on how to go about leveraging these opportunities or maybe a lack of desire, to be honest. So in that case, what do you think they, you know, on the part of the federations, the NOC or the government can do to change this scenario? Well, <laughs> That's a, that's a very complex question. I think the first thing is that <laughs> I, I, I think this is multi-layered, right? And someone will say, well, why don't you just throw money into the sport? But I think it begins from the grassroots level, meaning why are we investing in talent, in our own talent? Why are we cultivating that talent, first of all, so that those people can go up to the highest level and accomplish X, Y, Z, and then that could come back and reflect on us as a country. You know, I think everyone looks at you saying both Korea, especially in Ghana. And I remember I was on a show one time and they said, well, if Usain Bolt came to Ghana, the president will go greet him. But you're an African champion and you have the national record and the president doesn't even know your name, you know? But we look at those countries and we're thinking, well, look at Usain Bolt, but Usain Bolt was cultivated from the grassroots level. They invested time in his talent and now they were able to reap the benefits of you know of his talent but for us we're not doing that and we're expecting to reap the benefits of something that we haven't sown and so i think the first and foremost part would be countries really investing in that and looking at it as a long-term investment that can you can get a return on and i don't think they yeah. see it as that you know what i mean i don't think they see it as that because i would use myself as an example again i am an athlete 
but I also graduated from an Ivy League school. Now, yeah. if I, if, if let's say my country decided to use me as a global brand, right? Now you have access to the Ivy League network that I have access to. And this is something that I'm willing to merge the two worlds. But if there's a disconnect, then it's just a disconnect. I go compete, I go home, I leverage my network for myself. You know what I mean? But I think there has to be a better investment in these athletes and from the from early on before we can even think about how this whole thing can change. Wow. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move to something more positive. You know, something within <laughs> within that, our control. I don't think that was negative. I don't think that was negative. I think it's the reality. No. No, for me personally, when I look at all these issues, the problem is so overwhelming that mm -hmm. you can get a headache, you know. Yeah. So, and preferring solutions that how to go forward is a big task. Yeah. So, but right now, let's talk about things that within our control, right? You have a project, you know. Can you tell us a bit more about that project? So, a lot of, and it goes hand in hand in what I'm saying, right? And so, for me, my, my, my time is invested in, well, as an athlete myself, I've been able to recognize what my brand is beyond the sponsorship scope, right? Um, because that's not sustainable in the long term. But how can I leverage what I bring to the table and maximize that? And I think a lot of athletes lack that because one, society has limited them to just performing on the field in their sport. And really my goals with the projects and things that I'm working on is, well, how can we get athletes to one, understand what their brand is, and two, how do they maximize that brand and put themselves in a position where they can maximize on all the opportunities that come with that brand that they have. And so for me, that's, that's one of the projects that I'm working on. And, and what does this look like? It looks like providing education. It looks like providing mentorship. It looks like providing opportunities for entrepreneurship. And so that's where my focus is and that's what my mission is. And that's how I can contribute to the solution of the problem that we were talking about before. Yeah, so the issues basically in Africa, education is key. Mm -hmm. And I know that for a while in some countries in Africa, sports in, in universities and colleges have, you know, in some cases, crapped. Mm -hmm. So when you have a lot of the sportsmen coming up now and not actually from the schools, so you're having a lot of people who have dropped out of education coming into the sport. So we, we are not producing, like we were in the 80s and the 90s, highly educated sports people. Mm -hmm. So when they finish their career, most of them actually don't have something to fall back on. Right. You know, and for people like you who've gone abroad, and I know the Ghanaian uh, Athletics Federation president have done a lot to push mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of the, um, athletes, local athletes to the U.S. to study, right? Mm -hmm. So, but in most countries, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. So the key is how do we transit these athletes from, you know, their active life to having something more within sport or outside sport when they retire right and i think i think and you nailed it right on the head is the education piece because i think there's a misconception that if you, you can either do one or the other right yeah. either you're an athlete or you go academia you but the, the, the problem is they actually feed off of each other so the better you are as an athlete the more disciplined you are as an athlete when provided the opportunity to be educated and yeah. done well you can be a great student as well and when you're able to merge the two, you're able to maximize it. So I think one of the solutions is 
how do we bring education and make education a necessary part of being part of the team? You know what I mean? And, and, it, and it could be as simple as providing small workshops, you know, where we're teaching athletes different skills. You know, how do you apply for a job? How do you write a resume? How do you do those little things so that once, once you get hurt in the season or this year, for example, with, with the whole Corona situation, what are you going to do? Yeah. You cannot compete. What are you going to do? So it's 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 starting to look look at education as a necessary part of being a successful athlete, and I think I think that comes with a switch in mindset, right? And and that switch in mindset can come from people like myself who have been able to maximize the two and successfully doing that and creating opportunities for other people to do that as well. Yeah. So. Also, one thing I've wanted to ask also is you were at the, I think, Commonwealth Games in Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit of drama with the Ghanaian team towards the end, you know. And I remember um, there was a story about Ghanaian team not wanting to go for the closing ceremony because um, mm -hmm. they haven't paid you guys your allowance or something like that. <laughs> and prior to that, there was a story in Ghana, basically with athletes, um, with the sports media saying, you guys were not given the right kits. Mm -hmm. Now, so all these issues are also converging to this. Because when the federations haven't done their part, it's hard to tell the athletes you owe us something, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you feel about that in terms of preparation of our athletes for major championships? So let me just put a disclaimer out there, right? Knowing Africans and knowing my people, the stories that come out are not always true, right? There've been stories that I'm not actually Ghanaian and I don't speak Ghan. There's been so many stories. And so I think a lot of the times, just as these rumors spread, it's necessary that being from the field and being in media, you take that with a grain of salt. I was at the Commonwealth Games. I didn't have issues receiving my my money. And I feel like that they always use that as a as a way to kind of create tension and drama. You know, the athletes haven't gotten their money. They're not going to perform well. No, that wasn't the case. I would always go back to the, the, the underlying issue. It's not the Federation, so to speak. I mean, the Federation could only do so much. If you're in a country where, like I said, there's no investment in the sport whatsoever. How can people be prepared? You know, you, you're talking about getting your per diem. What is per diem going to do the day of the competition? You know what I mean? What is per diem going to do? Had the training or the, you know, necessary things to get me to the next level. You know what I mean? So I think, I think people are looking at the wrong problem and trying to solve that problem. But the actual problem is, once again, at the grassroots level. What is the country doing to support these the athletes, yeah. athletes? And that's where the problem starts. It's not the day of when you're on the plane, oh, we didn't get our kids. Not having a kid is not going to change my performance. If I've been training for four years to go to the Olympics and I get there, my kid is not what's going to change the performance. What is going to affect the performance was two years ago when I hurt my ankle, I didn't have anything. I didn't have any support. Yeah, I didn't support. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I think that's the bigger issues. And everyone always wants to point at the Federation. And the Federation can only do so much. The yeah. Federation can only do so much. And there are powers above that. You know, and so it also and, and, and it also goes with the community. 
if I'm competing and the moment I do one thing wrong and the whole Ghana blasted on everywhere that I've, I'm this terrible person, why would I feel loyalty to that? You know what I mean? And yeah. so it doesn't affect me because I know my people. So it doesn't change. But if you think about someone who's young, who's coming up, and they've never done this before. This is their first competition. No one knows their story. No one knows anything about them. They go yeah. to the competition and the whole country is upset. And you haven't even invested a single care in what they're doing. And all of a sudden, you expect them to win a medal. And so I think that's where the friction is. It's not just the federation, yeah. it's the community. And it's also the powers above that. And even the media as well. You the, know. Media, the media is the number one. <laughs> What I find that is a lot of the media in Africa, they are mostly invested in football. Mm -hmm. So they really don't understand track and field or right. you know, what it takes to prepare these athletes. So, so they jump on this during major competitions, right? So major events like Olympics or World Championships, they suddenly pick up this or their editors say, oh, go and write something about this athlete. And they just jump on it without knowing what they're doing. So, exactly. so that's a big problem. Exactly. So, exactly. So now let's talk about you and your job, you know, at the Special Olympics. Is there any plan to extend what you're doing there to Africa? Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, I think for me, if you, if you haven't been able to tell in the last 20 minutes, sports is my life on every yeah. level, right? And I think sports is currency, and I think sports has so much that it can offer beyond just the entertainment, beyond just the physical realm. And so my goal is to use that to continue, once the sport is over for me physically, to use that to continue to change lives, to use that to continue to make impacts in the way that I can. Um, what I do with Special Olympics, for those that don't know, Special Olympics Florida, what we do is we use sports as a means to help people with intellectual disabilities become yeah. a productive member of society. And so okay. use this vessel to, to really change and improve lives. And I, I mean, in Africa, as a whole, there's no focus on people with intellectual disability at all. Yeah. It's always, there's, it's never really addressed, it's never really treated. And so, I mean, that's one of my aspirations is really to using sports to change lives on multiple levels, you know, for people with intellectual disability, for people who may not have access to education, for people who yeah. need it, you know, for women, you know, just using sports as a way to change lives. So absolutely, that's that's one of the goals. So do you go to Ghana often? Yes. I mean, come on now. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yes. Okay. I, my, I mean, I'm from Ghana. My dad lives there. My family lives there. So, uh, okay. so can you... Where are you from in Ghana? Can you speak the language? Oh, yes. So, okay. I, yeah, Ghana, so I can't even speak it with you. She Ghana to me. I speak Ghana. And that's why okay. I, I cry. Okay, yeah. That's good. That's good. Ghana, babe. Everyone knows that about me. So, <laughs> so where you do, where you live and train, do you have all the Ghanaian athletes around? No. You know, to... No. Wow. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, and, and that's... I mean, but that's, is there a Ghanaian community, though? No, that's the nature of the, the that's the nature of the sport, you know. So everywhere, even the American teams, they don't train with each other all the time. You people train with a coach, and the coach may have different types of athletes from different countries. Unfortunately for me, I don't have any Ghanaians where I am, or any Ghanaians that I train with in my training group. Wow. Okay. So for you now. There's been a lot of change. So 2020 Olympics moved to 2021. 2021 World Championship moved to 2022. 
There's also the Commonwealth Games in That's Birmingham, close <laughs> to where I live, in 2022. So, yeah. are you going to prioritize uh, any of the event for next year? Or are you going to... Because you have this summer where you have all these events within six weeks, I think. Mm -hmm. So, what is it going to be? Also, we have the Africa Championship in Algeria as well. Yeah. So, what's your plan going to the next two years? Well, I mean, take it year by year. I've learned that you cannot plan that far ahead in the winter. <laughs> you might have it perfectly planned and something could happen and change that. But, I mean, as we see with this year. But for yeah. me, the, the vision has for this year was Tokyo. And so that carries over into next year. It's, it's approaching the year the same way as if 2020 never happened. <laughs> but but okay. really, really, really having the emphasis on Tokyo as well, because... I, I mean, that's been a goal of mine, and I think it would do great things for my country and for myself if I'm able to perform well there. Yeah. Okay. So, any last word for people in Africa? What is, I mean, what is next for Nadia? There's so many last words. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no, no. What's next for Nadia? Um, like, like I said, it's right now it's, the focus is on the sport and so really focusing on training and getting to 2020 doing well there but really changing what it means to be an athlete changing what it changing the narrative of what it means to be an athlete and changing the opportunities in sports for people all over the world and that's what's next for me and really using the gift that i've got using you know the leverage that i've got to create opportunities for other people and really helping africans change that mindset because we're missing out on a whole lot and there's a whole lot to gain yeah so now you know there's somebody fred Agbaje is running a comment on our facebook group he said why are you separating current federation from the government what's the difference why am i separating the federation from the government that was the difference well, because the thing is, there's powers above the Federation. So the Federation works with what they're given. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. if, if, if the government said they only want to give, they want to give $2 million to football and $20,000 yeah. to track and field, what are we going to do? There's nothing you can do. That's the Federation true. can only work with the 20000 that they've got and do what they can do with that. You know, yeah. and so that's the difference. The difference is, is the hierarchy. If the president said he cared about something, then everyone else will have to care. We, we care about that. Yeah. And, and and that's why a lot of stuff work in Africa countries anyway. It's, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's a lot of politics. So it depends on who the sport minister is, right. what is, or who the, minister, or who the president right. is, and if they care about it. You know, yeah. in some countries, in some times when you have president who really care about sports, they spend a lot of money in sports. Mm -hmm. But there are some presidents who really don't care. You know, right. like, right. so that way, the, the, the sport suffers. Right. So it's, um, I mean, we don't have the systems and, and institutions that are independent, that could, you know, that can carry over from one uh, government or one election to the other. Right. We haven't yeah. created it. We haven't invested the time yeah. to create that, you know, and that and that's what's unfortunate about it. And it's, I mean, it translates into a lot of other things that we do. It's we're not investing in our own talent. We're not investing in our own continent. So we're always looking for outsiders to come and do to something. Come, yeah. You know, why Why don't we have a centralized training facility? A couple of them on the continent where yeah. athletes can train on the continent. 
you know, but every, I, I mean, I would say 90% of the African athletes are training outside. And most of them also compete outside. So and compete outside. So what's your view about creating African events in the African continent? Like having our own Golden League or having our own Demo League? And I mean, I think those are all great and sound great in, in the grand scheme. But if we haven't invested into creating a culture surrounding sports, creating a culture that values sports in the same way, creating a culture that can see the benefits, and I mean the monetary benefit of really investing into sport. If we haven't, if we haven't created that, none of those things would work. None of them. We can build a great facility, we can host the event, and it will still fall flat. You know, there has to be a culture around understanding the importance of of this, the importance of what yeah. we're doing here. And we don't have that yet. And so that's one of my goals is really to, to one step at a time, really help Africans see the value. In that. In that, yeah. So how about for young kids in school, you know, young people who want to go into triple jump. I mean, I personally used to hate triple jump when I was in college because I, I think the first try I did, I just couldn't get into the pits. And I got frustrated because every time I tried it, I, I never got into the pit. So I just opted for long jump. You know what's funny? I learned how to triple jump on YouTube. So I never really liked it. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> like this to begin. But you were saying what, 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 what's in it for the young people that want to do it? What would you advise them if they said they wanted to do that? What are the ways to go about it? I mean, I think I think with anything is one. If you're if you're young, it's just trying it, trying it to begin with. Try it and really develop a love for it. And if you don't develop the love for it, try something else. You know, I think I think I think that's one thing I would say. And it's not really common in our culture to to tr just try things. It's yeah. Either you go to school or you study hard, you become a doctor, you become a lawyer or whatever, or you don't and do that. I think I think the biggest thing is just getting kids to try. Just try it, you know. Try it and see if you like it. And you never know where, where you end up. Because I didn't know where I was going to end up. And I think for me, sports really gave me my voice. It it it, it gave me my education. It gave me so many things. And Jeez, so yeah. and so I'm 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 really an advocate for for getting kids involved in sports. I know you said sport is your life, and most of the things you're doing. You know, resonate around sports, but surely you must do other things. Do you like Ghanaian movies? Do you watch Nollywood movies? No, I'm actually not a movie person. I'm I paint. So oh, I, good. I'm a that's, painter. That's nice. I'm an artist. Um, I also do. I do my own hair. <laughs> yeah, that is really lovely. Actually, this one. Is this a this is a wig now? You do into a wig or? No, it's braids. Braids. Oh, okay. Good. So That's really lovely. I, I, I'm, I'm all into the arts. I, I do a lot of artistic things, and, and I, I mean, so also about family. When are you? Are you hooked now, or when are you getting itched? What am I getting? Why do you guys always want to ask that question? You know, it's good to know. And I, I mean, whatever happens, happens with my life, right? Okay, good. Whatever happens, happens. I, I, feel, I feel like every time, like, I knew that question was coming eventually. <laughs> no, I mean, also, <laughs> when you leave this spot, also, you'll be thinking about ki kids and, you know, having settling down and family. 
and all that, you know. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's in, in it's in the line for me eventually. But right now, the focus is on myself and really making impact in the way that I can. And then once I reach that phase in my life, then I'm ready. Yeah, but it's good for the folks and the dudes out there watching this to know. Nadia is single, but are you second? I didn't say anything. Don't put words in my mouth. I just said right now the focus is on myself and my future. Okay. Okay. So Nadia, thank you so much for being our guest today, and I really enjoyed spending this time with you. So thank you for having. Thank you so much, and we hope we wish you all the best in 2021 and 2022 events. And uh, you know, hopefully, you can hit another record, uh, improve you. your Ghanaian record, and even go for the African record. So, yes, thank you so Wait. much. Thank you for having me. All right, all the best. So, have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Okay.